Hey there, on this January 9, 2022, ZDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett. I believe you connected to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Yes. You ready? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, good morning. Thank you, Mama Bell. That was beautiful, as usual. Good well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> okay, we have one person up. <laughs> Two, maybe three. That's okay. We got to start morning. somewhere. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, what a day, you know. It's, uh, it's been a wild week. Everything up and down. People going crazy. And, you know, uh, I'm still alive. And we're all here. And, you know, we're here ready to to uh, praise God and, and to hear what God has to say to us. Um, this past week I was thinking about a lot of different things. You know, uh, every week I come and I talk to you, uh, pull out a verse from the Bible, we talk about it, and, uh, you know, I, I, I explain that it's, you know, the Bible tells us uh, everything we need to know and, and how to guide us and, and uh, gets us going and gets us live uh, uh, life that God wants us to live. Uh, this past week, I was watching a couple shows on television. Uh, it wasn't a news show, so uh, you forget that. Uh, but they had a, uh, a heart transplant uh, going on, and uh, you know, I, I know people that have uh, had those in their lifetimes, and, and uh, you know, it got me to thinking. You know, uh, you know, people have used the the phrase that uh, you know they have a hardened heart because uh, their heart is hardened against God or, or against uh, family or against uh, you know other things in life against the government whatever they want to you know uh, throw in there to, to make their heart hard they 
they have a, uh, an excuse to do that, you know. But uh, you know, but <laughs> but the Bible tells us <laughs> about that, and uh, and you know we can you know it's amazing the medical field has gotten so big and so great and guided by uh, the great uh, physician in the sky, you know. That, uh, we could do a lot of things. We could transplant hearts. We can, uh, uh, you know, add uh, artificial limbs, uh, uh, hearing, uh, even some respects, even eyes. Uh, everything could be, uh, you know, interchanged. And, uh, you know, they could fix broken hips and bones and just go on and on and on. But uh, the only thing that they haven't touched it. And even though they tried many years ago, uh, you know, they can't really mess with the brain. And, and that's something that uh, hopefully in my lifetime I, I won't see because the brain is very important. You know, back in the, the day, they, uh, you know, they, they, people said, well, you know, if you get rid of the heart, then the people will die. Well, then we know that's not true. We know that you can still live without a heart because there are cases where people have done that. They've been kept alive by uh, machines or whatever. So, uh, you know, so we, we know that's not the, not the case. But do you know somebody that has a hardened heart? Somebody that's, that's hard against, it, it doesn't have to be the church, it could be other things. You know, family members sometimes have uh, hard hearts against each other for whatever reason, you know. But uh, again, we go to the Bible and we, and we find out what the, what the hope is there for those people. And if we look in the Old Testament in Ezekiel, okay, this is what Ezekiel eleven nineteen tells us. This is what God says. He says, I will give them an undivided heart and, a, uh, and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So, you know, that's pretty clear. God's going to take out the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Now, all they have to do is put a new spirit within them. You know, uh, we know that after, you know, the acceptance of, of Jesus and, and, and uh, turn your life around, you know, once the spirit has, has started to speak to you and you start listening, and obeying what God wants us to do, you know, your heart becomes what? Softened. Even the who, <laughs> or the Grinch, rather, that stole the Christmas. You know, Cindy Lou, what? Changed his heart. God changed his heart and made him give back what he had taken. So, you know, there is hope. You know, if there's hope for the Grinch, there's hope for me, there's hope for you, right? You know, and the Bible tells us that. You know, we let the spirit work within us. We can get that heart out of there. We can get that hardened heart. We can get that 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 thing that's been bugging us. You know, that's got our crawl, and, and we're like, oh man, yeah, we've all been there, right? So you know, we need to just rely on the Bible, rely on the Spirit of God to lead us away from that. And to give us the hope that we need. And maybe give us the words that we need. Not only to say to our friends and family, maybe to say to ourselves. You know, we have to take, where do you start? You start with yourself. That's what I do. I have to start with myself. You know, <laughs> when I have problems, okay, whose problems are there? They're mine, okay, I guess. And am I making them bigger than they are? 
maybe, so I need to talk to God about it. Or what, what do I need to do? How do I handle this? You know, sometimes it's, it's amazing, you know, praying that God will give me the right words to say, and, and before you know it, you know, maybe that person has come to me and go, hey, you know, I've been thinking, maybe I should do this. And I'm like, wow, I took care of that. I don't even have to say anything. You know, it's amazing how God works. You know, but we have to have that, that faith. We have to get that faith in Him. You know, we have to trust the Spirit. You know, the Spirit of God will work through us and through other people. And sometimes they don't even know that's who touched them, you know. Then that's our that's our place to maybe bring it up and say, hey, you know, without God, we'd have had some troubles there. And uh, you just get them to think, start to think about it, you know, put the, the Spirit of God in their, in their mind, and eventually their heart will change. And they'll stop being, having a heart of stone. They'll have a heart of flesh. And uh, maybe they need a transplant. Maybe not a physical transplant, a spiritual transplant. Can you help somebody with that this week? Can you help somebody with that? You know, in the coming months, maybe next year, start praying for them now. Lord, give me the strength to say what I need to say. Prepare them. There you go. That's what we need to do. We need to prepare them for what they're going to hear, whether it be for me or someone else. But their heart may be what? Transformed, change back, get out of that stone age and didn't think about the God age. Amen and amen. Brother Eric. Amen. 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 Well, good morning. Good morning. He did call me. I heard him. And I, I kind of cut him off because I know Booth is over there. Uh, we call him the bald-headed preacher. He is uh, he is salivating. I wanted to get in before he got happy and make these comments. But, Brother Dennis, as I told you earlier, I, I appreciate you. You do. You do well. I told them now that folks are here, I appreciate all of you have come and you, you worship with us and celebrate with us in the morning. But if something happened to Mama Bell and Brother Dennis, I'm going to read one text to you, and that's going to be the sermon. It's going to be from Paul when he said, Finally, my brother, and I bid thee farewell. Oh, no. Because between Mama Bell and Brother Dennis and my granny, I don't know where they is the first virgin. <laughs> and so I appreciate all of you. Uh, Pastor Booth is going to come to pray for us in a minute, but before he does, I want to uh, do something because we're in a last-minute crunch, and uh, I want to put somebody up. Well, I don't well, necessarily want to put somebody up, but I want to get some questions answered. So I'm going to ask uh, 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 Delegate Hopeful Miss Glass to unmute herself, and I need to ask a few questions, make sure that we get everything answered. Because you have to go to the polls come Tuesday. Some of us have to go to the polls come Tuesday. We need to make sure that we know who needs to go and what options are available to you. So uh, it's the 89th district. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Miss Glass. That's if you live in what? What are those areas that? need our attention. Are you there, Ms. Glass? 
am. Good morning. So I would, I, you know, the best way I tell people is if Jay Jones was on your ballot in November, you in the 89th. <laughs> but it includes okay, so um, you- Chesterfield, Broad Creek, um, Valentine area, um, all the all of the south side, and pretty much, uh, you know, swooping all the way over the west side, all the way up to um, um, Second Presbyterian. Uh huh. So that's from about uh, uh, from literally Newtown Road line, right at Newtown and Jimmy's Boulevard, all the way around, almost to the base is what you're talking about. Yeah, come well, come it, a little bit. It's pretty come, much the eighty nine. Yeah, come the a new town. You'll be in the ninetieth, but it like Lambert's Point Park Place. Yes, yeah, sort of a, almost like a hook around these several couple neighborhoods okay. on the west and the east side, and then all the way up. Yes, sir. Okay, cool, cool. Are there are, are there are there mobile transportation? The number people can call for seniors who may to the polls. Are, are those things available? Or do we just need to, ma'am? I, Senator, Senator, okay, back with Senator Spruill was saying that he was going to have some some transportation. I haven't heard anything on that, anything else, but I'll, I'll follow up and at least get it to you so that you can get it out to folks. But right now, you know, Tuesday from six a.m. to seven p.m. is is what we got. And and all the polls locations are open. All the polls that are in the 89th are open, so go to your regular polling station um, and, and vote. Okay. All right. Well, that's about all that, that I need from you. Um, I thank you for being here this morning with us. Uh, she hides out here periodically just to spy to see what I'm talking about. So I appreciate her for being here with us on this morning. And Pastor Booth going to pray for us. And if, if you happen to need a ride call somebody, call in a favor, beat them up, make them a chicken sandwich, do something, and get out there to make sure you are heard on Tuesday. 6 to 6, to 6 p.m., right? Normal poll hours? 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Okay, so norm, normal poll hours. No, 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 uh, no funky, no, uh, as they say, no, no messy business. Um, also, make sure you check your mailbox because some of us got our ballots mailed to us too. So go through your mail and make sure you didn't already get your ballot. You might just be able to to do that and ship it back in the mail. I think I took like 10 or some, I don't know how many ballots I took to the post office yesterday. Uh, so so they, I know they're out there in, in some of our mailboxes. So whatever we got to do, I, I, it, Whatever we got to do to get this job done, whatever I need to do to help you get this job done, I am willing to do that, and we'll we'll get with you on Tuesday to figure that out. Some perfect segue to our lyrical meditation. Uh, God is speaking. Ah, I feel that this is something that when you look at uh, why Miss Glass is on the ballot, I'm not going to tell her business. She can tell it whenever she wants to, but I think this speaks to at least her perspective on it and even my 
being a part of it because I made it mentioned clear that I'm retired from politics, and I still maintain that. But God had to say a few things to at least put me part-time in there. And I want you to read this or hear this because I think it makes sense. It says, God is speaking. Blessed in vitation. God is speaking. Listen and draw near. God is speaking. See a new creation. God is speaking. Stand and do not fear. Open up your ears to hear. God is speaking. Oh, God is speaking. Living good news strong and clear. Listen and draw near. Through the struggle, grief, and pain, God is speaking. Oh, God is speaking. God can raise us up again. Stand and do not fear. I'll stand and do not fear. Another verse I want to hear is, To our fragile, wounded earth, God is speaking. Oh, God is speaking. Choose the way that leads to peace. God is speaking. God is speaking. Though our broken, wounded earth, through our broken and wounded earth, God is speaking. God is speaking. To the ones in deep despair, God is speaking. God is speaking. All creation groans and yearns for God is speaking. God is speaking. Hear the sound of justice ring. God is speaking. God is speaking. And finally, seek the way that life returns. Listen and draw near. Choose the way that leads to peace. I say that again. God is speaking. God is speaking. True compassion, sweet release. Stand and do not fear. Oh, stand and do not fear. Because God is speaking. God is speaking. Pastor. Most gracious, eternal God, Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We magnify your holy name. We honor you for waking us, waking us up this morning and clothing us in our right mind and giving us the activities of our lives. And, Father, we thank you because you are God and it is in you that we put our trust. We come at this time, Lord God, to bring our cares, our burdens, our concerns, and to place them at your feet. Your word said that we can cast them on you and you careth for us. And we thank you for your care. We thank you for your hand touch. We thank you for being with us and never leaving us. Even in times when we feel that we're alone and feel like that we have no one to turn to, the promise of your word is that you would never leave us nor forsake us. And we, we stand on that promise. And we honor you that for that. 
And Lord God, as we come this morning, as collectively as a body, as your children, as your kingdom citizens, we say, Lord, search our hearts and our minds. If there's anything that is in our hearts and our minds that shouldn't be, we ask you, Lord God, to distract it and take it out from us. And Lord, we ask you for forgiveness of our sins because we know we have done something aware and unaware that although it's not pleasing in your sight. And Father, we ask you for forgiveness. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. We thank you for, for the forgiveness of our sins and washing us and cleansing us. And Father, now we come as we present ourselves to you. As Romans tells us that we present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. And Father, thank you for using us as being your walking epistles to this earth to be used by you that others may see you. Others may come to know and trust you. And, Father, we pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, as we come, as we lock our faith together, as we stand in the gap, and, Lord God, as we intercede for the matters of ourselves, of our our own personal issues and the issues of our brothers and sisters and the concerns of that's going on in the earth. We pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that you will look upon these concerns and these matters, Lord, to God this morning. And God's work miracles. We pray that your hand of providence will will get in the in situations and circumstances of our lives and turn them around and place them in the direction that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we just pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that your intervention, your mighty, powerful hand, Lord, be loosed upon this earth, Lord God, and we place it back into your hand, that which the enemy stole and that which the enemy is planned with and considered to be his. Father, we pray and we take it back now, Lord God, by the authority and the power that is invested in us that you placed in our hand. You said in your word, whatever we ask in your name, it shall be given. And Father, we ask them, Lord God, that you will just touch our families touch our friends, touch our loved ones, Lord. Lord, heal our bodies, Lord God. There are a lot of things that are going on with the physical bodies, Lord. And Father God, we need your hand touch. We need you to work miracles, Lord. People are on life support systems this morning by the millions, Lord. People are Lord God, they are hanging on in life with stress, Lord. And, Lord, many of them are just one breath away from death. But, Father, we just pray in Jesus' name, God, that, Lord God, that your will will be done and touch them, Lord. God, heal them, Lord God. Bring them out of, of, of a death situation. Allow them to see the light of your glory, Lord God. And, and Lord God, and those who you choose to take over to the other side, we pray, God, that they would know you in the pardon of their sins, Lord. We pray, God, that you will give them, Lord God, sweet rest in you, Lord God. And, and Lord God, that they will give you the best time of their days while they are yet living. Father, we just pray, Lord God, for those 
who are dealing with the loss of a loved one. Father, we pray, God, that you will mend their broken heart, Lord God. Allow them to take the memories of those who they have lost and then cherish them, Lord God, and, and to be able to smile again and to be able to find joy and comfort in you that you have given them peace beyond understanding that will God their heart, their soul, and their mind. Thank you, Lord God, for that. And, and we just praise you for that because you are a God of comfort. You are a God that look after us, Lord God, and we thank you for that. And God, we pray that your confident spirit will will be over the buried household, Lord God, and, and all the other host households that, that, that is dependent upon you, Lord God, to lean upon your shoulder. And God, we thank you for that right now. We thank you for the comfort. We thank you for your strength that you've given us to continue to walk with our head up and our shoulders back, knowing that you are God and besides you there is none other. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us strength, Lord God, when we want to break down, Lord God, and we thank you for that. Father, we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you for that even right now. Father, we just pray, Lord God, for those who are worried about their children, worried about their grandchildren, worried about what they're going to eat tomorrow, worried about whether their life's going to still be on, Lord. God, we just pray, God, that you would just work miracles, Lord God. Lord God, there is somebody that's hungry, somebody that don't know where their next meal is coming from. But, Father, I pray, God, that you would send a raven, that you would touch the hearts of someone. God, that you would give them yeah. direction which way to go, Lord. We pray, Lord God, for that 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 child, Lord God, is wavered. Don't know which way to go, Lord. Looking for love, looking for compassion, looking for something, Lord God, that sustained them and fulfilled them. And they're looking in all the wrong places. Father, we just pray for that child. We pray, Lord God, that they would find comfort and find you, Lord God. As you knock at the door of their heart, we pray God, that they will open the door and allow you to come in, Lord. We pray, God, for our streets of our communities. We pray, Lord God, for the streets of our communities. We pray for our street. We pray for the adjacent street. We pray for our community, every ward, Lord God. We pray for every city. We pray for every state, Lord God, that it will be safe, Lord God. Our schools will be safe. Our universities will be safe, Lord God. Our military bases, Lord God, will be safe. Our halls of justice will be safe, Lord God, and our political halls will be safe, Lord God. Our White Houses, our state capitals, Lord God, as men and women gather, Lord God, to do the job that they have been elected to do, Lord God. We just pray, God, that you would just protect them, Lord God, as they go in and out, Lord. We pray for Sister Glass, Lord God. We pray, God, that you would give her the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding, Lord God, to guide and to make decisions and, and Lord God, to perform and to, to present, Lord God, laws that will help your people, Lord God. Oh, God, we thank you for using her for your glory and many others, Lord God, to stand for righteousness to stand for your people, Lord. God, we just said bless her. Bless them, Lord God, in Jesus' name. God, we love you today because you first loved us. We love you today because you are our God. Yes, we trust you. We can't trust nobody else, Lord God. We trust you where we can't depend upon nobody else. We trust you where we can't trust a doctor, God. We trust you, and we love you, Lord God, and we praise you, Lord God. 
Yes, Lord. We send yes. We send yes to you, Lord. We send yes to your will, yes to your way, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. You are mighty God. You yes. can open blind eyes. You can open deaf ears, Lord God. You can cause the lame to walk again, Lord. And, yes. Father, we pray, Lord God, for this condition of COVID, Lord God, that has invaded the land. Father, we pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, God, that it will soon, Lord God, become to naught. God, hold us in the palm of your hand and shield us and protect us. In Jesus, we touch those who's on their bed of affliction everywhere. And God, we will forever give your name the glory, the praise. It belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, I know there's, a, there's a many things that's on your heart that I probably didn't even touch on. We can give you a moment to meditate and to pray on those things. The Lord hear your cry. He understands your voice. He said, the voice of my sheep. I know their voice. He knows your voice. Let's use a few moments of this time this morning, and let's, let's hear what you have to say. Let's open up your mouth, and you will pray before the Lord. God is moving by his spirit. He's moving all over the earth with signs and wonders. God is moving. Move all over me. Oh, God by his spirit. He's moving all over the earth with signs and wonders. God is moving. Move all over me. Chapter uh, one, verse twenty six. I almost don't want to read this right now, uh, but I have to give you context, and I'm going to read it with the hope that you don't hear what I say until I need you to hear what I say. Because when you hear what I say, you might run. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 said, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. I want to stop right there, and I want to focus today on the subject, made in heaven, made in heaven. 
and all those who believe that the word is right, is fine with a howdy. Amen. 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 Teamwork is a collaborative effort of a group to achieve a common goal or to complete a task in the most effective and efficient way. This concept is seen within the greater framework of a team, which is a group of interdependent individuals who work together towards a common goal. Most teams are made up of four key characteristics. One, a shared goal. Two, interdependence. Three, boundness. For stability, the ability to manage their own work and internal process and operate in a bigger social system. Basic requirements for effective teamwork are an adequate team size. The context is important, and team sizes can vary dependent upon the objective. A team must, that's why I want you to write that down, a team must include at least two people. I'm going to say that again. A team must include at least Two people. I need that to marinate for a second. Because now when you think about the world, the structure of the world, and everything that we've known and come to realize, it makes sense why we are the way we are and who we are the way we are. Society has a fun way of trying to distance themselves from the creation story. We've talked about that before. They try to distance themselves from the chief architect. But the funny thing about it is that when I sit there and properly read all of the uh, ideals or the objectives or the rules, if you will, of society, Somewhere along the line, you're always going to find something that links you back to the architect. You ever, you ever been somewhere and heard somebody say something and they make up these rules and, and yeah, they might have took a few words and changed them here and tweaked it there, but if you really peel back the onion and get to the allergic induced section, you're going to find all they did is took the Bible and butchered it. Am I the only one that's seen that somewhere in your life? Mm-mm. How much God is really in the program, but they don't want to admit that he's there, but the reality of it is you can't really have an idea without it? Mm. Teamwork. Makes sense. While he came in Noah's time and he said, I want you to go and build an ark. I'm going to destroy the earth, but I'm going to save a few things. But I need you to take two 
of every kind. Because when I rebuild, I need teamwork. Ah, it's a funny thing how that teamwork has been removed from society, how we have been taught this lie, this idea of ignorance, even in the relationship department. Yes, the woman is the weaker vessel. Yes, you can take her to the gym, and you can go to the gym, and you can both do the same regimen, and nine times out of ten, the man's body is going to produce stronger results than the woman. She is weaker than the man. But nowhere in the text does it say, I created you a concubine. Nowhere in the text does it says I created you to oh, cook my biscuits and lay down and have my babies. No, I created you a partner, a helpmate. I'm going to get to that down the road, but I'm focusing on team. Team. It's very interesting as I say to myself, and I process. Some of it is the product of our environment, the issues of hurt and pain and frustration that we've been with that has forced us to lock ourselves in our mutual corners, to hide ourselves in our own little rubbles. Team. Team. I think personally, if I can have this moment of personal privilege. I can say this here because uh, I would rather say it here than say it somewhere else. But I sat down with Pastor Bob, and I just thought there, and we was reminiscing one day. We was looking at all the projects that we've done together over now close to three and a half, four years. It's hard to believe when I met Pastor Bob, Donald Trump had just become president. Now he's a year removed. My, how time flies when you're having fun. But then again, we've been here almost, what, two, three years now? Time flies again when you're having fun. But I sat down with him and I talked about some things. He was talking about some stuff and we was kind of reminiscing and I Later came in the office, and I looked at him, and I said, you know, this is all your fault. And then another gentleman came in, or I met him, should I say, down the road. We were heading somewhere, and he came in, and I looked at him and said, it's all your fault, too. And I'll stick with the gentleman first, and then i get down to the lady. The gentleman's name was Chris O'Brien. I know I said the whole name now, so whatever. Ain't supposed to take whole names on national TV. But I didn't say it. But Madam, Mr. Chris and I would sit down every day, or no, excuse me, once a month for coffee and tea or some other place we might go and get some type of beverage, drink, of course. 
for me is mostly something with soda. I got to tell all the church folks who I say drink, so I want to make sure you understand. So we sit down, and he came to me, and he said, Eric, I got this person I want you to meet. I said, I don't care. He said, no, I want you to meet him. I said, I don't care. He said, Eric, I need you to meet this person. I said, okay, cool. Tell me who it is so that at least I can know who I don't care about. And he said, her name is Deborah. And I said, I'm glad to know Deborah. And I'm glad to put a face and a name because he showed me her picture. And I said, I'm glad to put a face and a name but somebody I don't care about. He said, I'm not going to convince you to not care. I said, no. And at the fear of being a little bit negative and maybe somewhat racist, but honesty is key. I said, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of the West Side. And I looked him in the face and I told him, I'm sick and tired of white folks. I don't want to deal with them no more. I don't want to see them no more. I don't want to work with them no more. I want to stay on my side of town in my hole and I don't care if they live or die. I'm sick and tired of them. And he said, go over there. And I said, fine. I go over there to meet old Deborah that I don't care about. And I walked in there. We met at Cafe Stella over yonder. Yeah. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. And I walked in the door and I looked around at all of the snow in the room and I realized you ever, you ever walked outside after perfect snow and you got a dog and he just dropped the black spot right there in the middle of your snow and you sit there and say my yard was so pretty for that daggone dog he ain't even my dog messed up my perfect yard with his brown stuff that's how I felt when I walked in there like I was the spot that just messed up the snow and I sat down, and Deborah came over to me, and she was the pillar of angel. And she was so nice, and she was so sweet. And everything that I had hated about folk on the west side, she was the opposite. And she said, I want you to come over here. Meet me at the church. The reason why we had this conversation is because I had just took pictures of the outside of Freemason Street. I had no intention of ever going in the building. Didn't even care about it, to be honest with you. I just took a picture because I was bored. I had taken uh, 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 one of these sisters to the doctor, one of the mothers, should I say, to the doctor. Her doctor's literally right across the street. If you go to Freemason Street, some of you will join us tomorrow, bless your heart, on Monday uh, the 10th, if you're listening to this, God bless you. Uh, you're going to see when you get into the parking lot, there's a little office building. That's a doctor's building. I was sitting literally in that parking lot waiting for Mama to come out of the doctor, and I just got bored and took some pictures for the Instagram, or as the kids say, in the street for the gram. 
And I showed it to Chris, and he said, you need to meet Pastor Bob, or Deborah. And I met Deborah, and Deborah said, you need to meet Pastor Bob. And I met Pastor Bob, and I came back uh, after I met Pastor Bob. He said, we need to talk. I said, all right, cool, we'll talk. And on the way out the door, my dear, I called her Mama Deborah by this point. She handed me a book. And Mama Bell, I never read a book straight through in all days of my life. But I sat there in the living, in the dining room floor, Sister Grandmama testify, and I read that whole book. And not only did I read the book, I started writing little notes in the margins. I wanted to. Because she told me, write some notes in the margins. So I wrote little notes in the margins, but I realized this was her book. So I went on Amazon and got my own, and I marked that book up, made my own table. You know, you open the book, and you got the little empty page on the front. I made my own table of contents and started making little notes, making little notes. None of that's important. What's important was when I went in there and I talked to Pastor Bob, and he looked at me, and Pastor Bob said, you know more about this church than some people in it. I said, I just read the book. But that's not significant either. What significant was is what came after. We started meeting once a month. And then once a month turned into twice a month. And then twice a month turned into once a week. And then we got to the point where we was eating every three days. We start working on projects and working on projects and working on projects. And the thing that I learned is you can do so much when you accept help. You can do so much when you stop trying to fight wars by yourself. You can do so much. When you stop letting the devil tell you that everybody's against you. If God be for you, who can be against you? And then I look over at various other issues, various other troubles and various other situations. I look at Madam Glass, and I'm not going to talk too much about it because I know she's running for office. I'm going to leave that alone. Madam Glass and I started in another moment when I wanted to be isolated. And I sat down. I looked at her. We had a come to Jesus meeting, and I told her. I said, I didn't like nobody. I didn't trust nobody, and I didn't want nobody around you. And I'm going to tell you something. Between Pastor Bob and Madam Glass, I don't have two better allies in this city. But it came from listening, not to the voices in my head. Even in a situation, you can still hear the Let me tell you something. You can have the best friend in best friend 40-some years. You still going to have that little voice talk of every time they blink wrong. And they're going to tell you, see, that's why I don't like that person. I don't like you. See, I knew, I knew 40 years ago I ain't like you, but I was stupid. But I ain't going to be stupid now. Devil, I talk to you. 
and tell you things. To try to pull you out. Now, I'm going to get to my point here in a minute because there's a point to my I, – I, I got a message to my man. We talked about this last night. Me and the uncle, we looked up. I'm meticulous in my thoughts. I'm going somewhere. I looked at Madam Brother Booth. Pastor Booth was always also in that conversation, and, and I met Pastor Booth because – I had uh, trying to figure out the best way. My way, just going through the dough. I had uh, faced the left foot of fellowship gracefully at a church. They wanted me out anyway. And they sent me out with a pastor who, hallelujah, bless God. And that pastor, because of the hallelujah, bless God, threw me down there to North Carolina. And ended up down in North Carolina, worked down there and did, we'd stay down there maybe five, six days or something. And then Pastor Booth, you know, he, he had to go on vacation. Everybody go on vacation. Some of us go to Tahiti, some of us go to Nova Scotia, some of us go to Washington, some of us just go to our basement and close the door for about five years. Everybody took a vacation. He took his vacation. And right at the moment when I had sunk myself deep into my hole again, I was sitting at the Wawa, and there was a knock on my window. And there he was. And that man came in, and we went back to Suffolk and started doing things and started working on projects. The devil would get in my head and tell me all this other good stuff. And don't you stay by yourself. And you wouldn't believe it. There had to be a good five, four, five years ago, maybe six, on that end. And now he comes here to pray with us every Sunday. Teamwork. Finally, my point. Why did I tell you all that? Because the one thing that I believe that the enemy has against you is he knows the remedy. He knows the equation. He knows the scorecard, the points. What you, he knows if he can keep you alone, he can destroy everything that you were destined to be. If he can keep you saying, that's why I don't trust nobody, and that's why I don't work with nobody, and that's why I don't like nobody. If he can keep you in that situation, if he can keep you locked in your house looking at your problems, if he can keep you there, he knows you'll never be nobody. And he knows if you ever get a friend, all you need is one more, then yourself. The scripture says we're two. A gathered. That that'll summon heaven. Where two are gathered in my name. I know it has a third one there. But some of us may not be able to get the third. 
All we got to do is get the minimum. It's two. I gather. In my name, there I will be. Oh, how we have been confused. Willie Lynch had a very good strategy. Willie Lynch took the strategy from the Egyptians. Maybe sometime this year we'll get back to it. I think we did it sometime before. I'm not really sure. But you read over there in Exodus chapter 2, the Pharaoh at the time said, listen, we got a problem here. We got these Hebrews down there. They like each other. They partying together. They working together. They got their own banks. They got their own Wall Street. They got their own companies. And if we don't do something about it, they will rise up and be better than us. So we got to go down, Pharaoh said, and do something about that because we can't have them rising up against us. Willie Lynch took the same theory. And he said, listen, if you want to hold them down, turn them against each other. If you want to hold them down, make them feel like it's them against the world. If you want to hold them down, make them feel like they can't trust their cousins and their aunts and their uncles and their nephews and their nieces. If you want to hold them down, make them feel like that if they don't do it by themselves, it won't get done. If you want to hold them down, Let them see the cubicle and the, the, the broken nose. Let them see that they hair out of place. Let them find every flaw. If you want to hold them down, all you got to do is cause them to fight each other. I don't mean to talk about that man that was in office four years, two years, whatever time it is, though. But what did he do? He got a fighting and trying to kill each other. I ain't never seen so much fighting and trying to kill each other over politics in all days of my life. People got divorced by the numbers over a stupid election. Maybe you've seen different. I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah, there's always been disagreements. You might have had one or two words, but divorce? Killing each other? Raging war on the government? On the house of the people? Never in this nation's history. Have you ever seen anybody successfully raise war on the house of the people? But we saw it in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we saw it is because they used the tactic, not only of Willie Lynch, not only of the Egyptians, but he used the tactic Of the rock, divide the people. Hey, brother Satan, 
Sup? What are you doing? Well, I'm just down here going to and fro, seeking who I can steal from, kill off, and most importantly, destroy. I come to destroy relationships. I come to kill off people. We have families that have good names that most folks never know and will never know because we didn't kill themselves off. Why? Because the devil used us to believe that it was us against the world. Now I'm gonna get ready to get out of here because I I got to go. I got I got got to get out hit you in the run. My second point that I want to throw at your attention when you look at the scriptures in Genesis chapter one, the whole outline of it, if you will, I'd like for you to pay attention to one or two things. God said, God, one, singular, God himself only said, let there be light. And from the let there be light, this big ball of fire, some 332,000 miles long and wide Insane. He took that ball of fire, built it. The greatest and most gigantic Edison is moss. He can't even touch this big old light bulb. And he took that light bulb nearly 500,000 miles wide and long, and then he put it 91 million miles away. God did that by himself. Then he came, God, same person, and he said, listen, I need some water. Let there, God, one singular, said, let there by himself be water. And he took the water, some 396 million miles, of water, he dug a trench along the side of the land, and inside that trench, he poured in 396 million miles worth of water. God, one singular, by himself, did that. And then he wasn't done there. He said, let there be trees. And God Singular, one man by himself went and planted some three trillion trees. Then it wasn't done there. He said, Let there be birds to fly. And God, singular, one man by himself produce 3.5 trillion birds. Some 
18,000 species of birds. God, singular, one man, by himself, did that. Then he said, I got this water, but I don't want the water to come over the embankment. Oh, God had a climate change plan before climate change was the same. He had a sea level rise plan before sea level rise was the same. He knew what not to be a Oh, I ain't going to talk about it. I ain't going to be a politician today. And, and he took and he said, let the land separate from the water. And out the 396 million miles of water, around that water was 57.5 million miles of land. God, one man, singular, by himself, did that. And then that same God came by and said, we ain't got no animals. Got no dogs, got no cats. Got no little furry things to lick at you and make sure the dirt's off your toes at night. Lick your legs because you ain't got any wash. And they stink, but that's all right. I'll take my tongue and get some of that stink off you. And he said, "We need some birds. We need some. We need some dogs. Just some cats. We need some. We need some little giraffes and some monkeys. Yeah, give me all that." And God, singular, one man by himself, all alone, created eight point seven million animals. But when it came time to create man. <clears throat> He called for a board meeting. And he said, listen, I created all this other stuff by myself. But man is special to me. Man means a lot to me. And what I want to do is unlike the birds, Unlike the water, unlike the animals, unlike the trees, I want somebody to share in this creation. So he said, let us make man. And then he said, in one translation, they will have what we have and they can do what we do. And after we create them, God, singular, who did all the things that we mentioned before by himself, decided the last and final creation he would share. And then after he shared in the last creation, he created the creature to say, now all that that I just did, y'all take care of. One man in six days created everything and then handed it over to the last thing that he didn't even create by himself. That's how special you and I are. That's how important teamwork is. But even God himself Say, I want to do this as a team. I want us to share 
in this creation. And then not only do I want us to share in this creation, I want us to share the life of this creation. Because there's one thing I wish I could change the minds of people before I die. Go out and put a roof over your head and clothes on your back and food on your table. You cross them here, kill you. I'm so sick of that slave gospel. I don't know what to do. You got to walk around hiding, ducking in a corner because the big bad guard's going to come for you. No. All he wants to do is be your friend. He just wants to be a loving father that shares his work with his family. I created all of this, he said. And then I got with my people and I created you. And we ain't going to stay here. But I gave this to you. You don't have to ask me how to buy a car. I gave you the roof. You go buy it. You go do it. He put the animals there, but they didn't have names. He put the water there, but they didn't have names. He put the trees there, but they didn't have names. He put the birds there, but they didn't have names. He said, you do that. It's all yours. And what happened? We allowed ourselves to get wrapped up in the identity crisis. They get wrapped up in our own emotions. They get wrapped up in our own egos. They get wrapped up in our own fears. And we lost the greatest gift that was ever given. And so this year, I would like to ask you to consider if you would. I will ask you to take this thought and place it into your mind. I am somebody. And no, not because of some nice little poem that somebody wrote for me to recite down at the schoolhouse. Not the same that matches well in a good movie clip that we can throw out and then build a whole movie around. No, 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 no. But I really am somebody. He made me unique. He made me special. And then there's a corner of the earth that is just for me. You ain't got to worry about what nobody else is doing. Because all that I need, thy hand is ever by. There was a song used to come out one time back in the day. It said, what God has for me. It is. It is. For me. I ain't got to fight you for your junk. I don't need your cars. 
I ain't got to be jealous of your house because the same God that gave you that shack by the railroad track can give me one on the other side. And I hope it is on the other side because you don't like me so the train can keep running through so we ain't got to talk to each other. No, I'm sorry. But the point is, the same God can bless you, can bless me. The same God that gave to you can give to me. The same God that called that board meeting to create you is the same God that called the board meeting to create me. And it wasn't a stationary poem or a stationary it, it wasn't it, what the word I'm looking for. When he created you, he broke that mold. That's what I want to say. It's like those fancy schmancy cars. You ever seen them fancy schmancy cars? You might see them if you get the magazines, the, the car magazines and stuff. Them cars are so fancy, they got numbers on them. You know why they're numbered? Because there's only one of its kind. That's car one. That's car two. That's car three. And God looked at you and said, you John, you Elizabeth, you Mark. And Mark don't do what John do. And Elizabeth can't do what Mark or John do. But Elizabeth got something that can help John, and John got something that can help Mark, and Mark got something that can help Elizabeth and John. And if we work together, if we come together as a team, oh, what a world we'd have. We were all made in heaven for greatness. But earth has ruined us. And I just hope in this year you just remember not only who your creator is, not only what your creator did, but why he did it. And then go back and really think about what he did. He created us in his likeness. There's nothing else on planet Earth that is close to God as us. And nothing else on Earth can do like God, like we. Let them have what we have and let them do what we can do. That's how much he loves you. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me, my dear grandmother. I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help and strength. I will trust in the Lord. And the Lord, he is 
that do go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Be strong and of a good courage. Be strong of a good courage. For thou must go before these people. Most holy and all wise Father, we come this morning. And as we come, God, we say thank you. We thank you, God, because we know that we can trust you. We can put our faith in you. We can depend on you. Because, God, you promised us that you would never leave us. You promised us, God, that you would go before us. You promised us, God, that you would be all around us. No hindrance will come our way if we just only trust in you. Help us this morning to trust you. Help us to see that, God, that you're in control of every situation. No matter what come our way, you still is in control. And we must believe. We must believe. We must believe that you are there with us and that you will take care of us. Help us, dear God. Search our hearts. Move all fears and doubts and unbelief out of our way. And help us, O oh God, to put our trust in you and say thank you. Because, God, you only told us to do is to say thank you. You say in all things, give me thanks. And I'll work it out for you. I'll praise you. And, God, we help. We asking you this morning to help us. Help us to focus on you. Help us to come together. Because, God, you said one would chase a thousand, but two would chase ten thousand. Help us to believe that. Help us to walk in faith and in love. Let your love manifest through us, God, as we go along the way. Shine on us, God, that we might shine for you and that all power that you have given us will work through us. We just thank you this morning. We praise you, God. Oh, merciful Father, we just love you this morning because you look down upon us and you made us what you want us to be and help us to see. Help us to understand. Give us the revelation of your word that we could stand tall, cry loud, and spare not. And give your name all the honor, all the honor, all the glory, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Have a glorious day. Thank you, Jesus.